0: Bring this meeting back to order.
1: Okay, welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioners meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired on our local cable television station, QACTV Seven. These media broadcasts are, are uh, presented to provide our citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings. In addition to our live audience, this evening we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meeting live on our website at qac.org slash live, or on our television channel, BreezeLine Channel 7, and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to qac.org slash public comment. Citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. All comments received will be summarized during the press and public comment period on tonight's agenda. We acknowledge everyone's participation, and by attending, you acknowledge that the session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you do care to speak, please sign the sheet on the information table in our lobby. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Jim Moran. I pledge allegiance to the
0: flag of the United States of America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If you can remain standing for a moment of silence to all those veterans, past and present. Thank you very much.
1: Commissioners, that brings us to the approval of our agenda for today's meeting, July 25th. So our agenda has been submitted along with the regular session minutes, our closed session minutes, and the roads Boards minutes from our uh, July 11th meeting. So they've been circulated. Do we have any additions or corrections to the minutes or the agenda?
2: A motion to approve the agenda and the minutes as submitted. Second.
0: We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved.
1: Okay. Thank you, commissioners. So we just held a closed session, actually two closed sessions. The first was under the general provisions article sections 305B7 and 3305B8 to consult with counsel and potential litigation. And our second closed session was under general provisions article 3305B1 to discuss personnel. Uh, NO DECISIONS WERE MADE IN OUR CLOSED SESSIONS THIS EVENING. All right. Mm-hmm. So THAT BRINGS US TO, to PRESS AND PUBLIC COMMENTS. Uh, so WE APPRECIATE ALL CITIZENS TAKING TIME TO EXPRESS THEIR VIEWS TO COUNTY COMMISSIONERS. COMMENTS ARE LIMITED TO THREE MINUTES PER PERSON. COMMENTS LONGER THAN THREE MINUTES CAN BE SUBMITTED IN WRITING. THIS COMMISSION RESPECTS YOUR DESIRE AND RIGHT TO CONVEY YOUR MESSAGE FREELY. WHEN YOU COME FORWARD, PLEASE SPEAK CLEARLY AT THE STANDING MICROPHONE. STATE YOUR NAME your address, and your topic of interest. And in keeping with the dignity of our office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner.
0: All right, the first person we have is, I believe this is Chris Pupke.
3: Is that correct? Thank you. My name is Chris Pupke. I live at 1016 Burrsville Road, Centerville. And I'm urging the county commissioners to reject Chester Haven Beach's, Chester Haven Beach Partnership's request to rezone their property on Kent Island. The Queen Anne's County Planning and Zoning memo that was submitted to the County Commissioner ignores (coughs) decades of judicial rulings that clearly state the partnership does not have the right to the number of lots they claim. These rulings include multiple opinions from the Queen Anne's County Board of Appeals, the Queen Anne's County Circuit Court, and the Maryland Court of Special Appeals. I'm familiar with these proceedings because I was president of Queen Anne's Conservation Association, an employee of Chesapeake Wildlife Heritage, 12 years ago during the most recent litigation. There have been at least two rounds of them, over 30 years. And I was a plaintiff myself in the last cases about 12 years ago. It's my understanding that Queen Anne's Conservation and Chesapeake Wildlife Heritage have submitted a letter in opposition to this request, and that letter includes attachments that goes through the litigation history uh, very well and very thoroughly. I ask you to look at that judicial record concerning this property before making your decision. Surely the rule of law means something in Queen Anne's County. Thank you. You're welcome, thank you. Uh, Clark Erlinson.
4: Good evening. Uh, My name is Clark Erlinson, 326 Prospect Bay Drive West in Graysonville. And I'm here tonight to talk about the ordinance uh, 23-04, which addresses the uh, uh, military retirees uh, county tax benefit uh, that follows from what was accomplished by the commission in uh, in 2018, um, which essentially set up a, uh, a tax uh, relationship uh, benefit for five years. Uh, that five years is up. Uh, in May, I sent a letter uh, on uh,
5: Military Officer Association of America Stationery uh, to uh, The differences and uh, what what really would expand and make this relief available to what is, to my mind, the greater category of veteran for Queen Anne County. Thank you, sir.
0: Thank you. That's all who we'll signed up. Would anybody else like to speak? Seeing none, we'll close. Press and public comment.
1: all right thank you commissioners uh next up we have uh several pieces of legislation to consider uh first we have uh, the public hearing on county ordinance 2302 and if you turn to your books uh tab number seven this is uh item number one and uh, mr thompson's here to uh uh, officiate the hearing and this is for a citizen-sponsored text amendment for the purpose of authorizing Queen Anne's County Planning Commission to consider and grant a maximum density of up to 25 dwelling units per acre in the WVC zoning district under certain circumstances. So, Mr. Thompson.
6: Really. This is a public hearing being held by the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County, July 25th. Um, 2023 at 535 at the county commissioner's meeting room liberty building 107 north liberty street central maryland to receive public comments regarding proposed county ordinance 2302 and that concerning maximum density of dwellings in the waterfront village center wbc zoning district in queen anne's county for the purpose of authorizing the queen anne's county planning commission to consider and grant a maximum density of up to 25 dwellings per acre in the Waterfront Village Center Zoning District under certain circumstances and generally dealing with density and dwellings in the WBC zone by amending section 18.126N of the Code of Public Local Laws of Queen Anne's County. The proposed ordinance received a favorable recommendation from the Planning Commission at their April 13, 2023 meeting with suggested edits. All persons who wish to comment on the proposed ordinance may do so at the hearing. Speakers will be limited to three minutes each. Written testimony of any length can be submitted on before the hearing date to the county commissioners. 407 North Liberty Street, <laughs> Centerville. Copies of the proposed ordinance have been available. At the county Commissioners' office, during normal business hours, all hearing sites are accessible to individuals with disabilities, sign language interpreters, and assistive listening systems will be available. Part of the record, the proceeding will be a certificate of publication indicating notice of tonight's hearing was published in the Bay Times Record Observer, Newspapers of General Circulation in Queen Anne's County. Memorandum from the Department of Planning and Zoning containing the recommendation of the Queen Anne's County Planning Commission. Memorandums from uh, Economic Development Commission in support of the uh, proposal and uh, uh, emails from uh, Jay False uh, regarding the proposal. Um, Do you have staff comments you'd like to make first?
7: Um, I'd just like to state, um, like you've already stated, this received a favorable recommendation from the Planning Commission. Um, It included three edits. Um, The language before you does incorporate those three edits that the Planning Commission recommended. Um, And just some specifics on the amendment is to allow a density of 25 dwelling units per acre within the WVC on properties that are um, redevelopment of mixed use. Uh, properties as well as the because it's mixed use there is a portion of it that's the commercial sales and retail portion and that is to able, to be at least 5% of the gross floor area um, and in order to do this they have to meet the bonus density uh, requirements that are set forth um, in the code in which the Planning Commission determines whether they meet those standards at not or not at the time of uh, site plan review
8: What's the what's what's the current percentage requirement right now? The
7: current percentage it depended depends on the type of mixed use that you're doing. Um, There's a maximum right now for um, the service, sales, and commercial portion. It ranges anywhere from 25 percent up to 50 percent. So it depends on whether it's vertical, um, horizontal mixed use. Um, So it depends on which is laid out in the code and the definition for mixed use.
2: And the existing density
9: is.
7: 10. 10, dwelling units per acre.
9: So is that, um, you're asking for 25 units per acre? The,
7: the applicant, um, which is uh, Jamal's, is asking for 25 dwelling units is per that, acre. Is that? That'd be higher than any density in the county. How high? Uh, I think that- Is that
9: two two units, three units? He's asking oh, for the, four
7: The, the height, the, height. The, sto- the stories, the number of stories. So
9: 25 could be 100, right?
7: It would depend on if there are condos on top of each other. Depends on the, the size in which they're proposing of the unit. It, there isn't. There, they would have to be um, meet the height limit of the zoning district. The maximum
6: height is fifty-five feet. That's, yeah. so
9: that's in Diocese. W- ten.
8: Um, one quick question: What was staff's recommendation to the plan? Staff
7: staff's recommendation um, was unfavorable. To the Planning Commission
9: okay and just to, to clarify so 25 units per acre
7: mm-hmm.
9: five high and how many acres there's it's 13 acre track but then you've got green space and you've got parking right is it nine acres ten acres
0: so this
7: eight
0: is eight acres? I think we're, I think he's really looking for how many apartments is that gonna be there a total <laughs> build
7: out. I'll let the applicant answer that question because okay. I, there's there's no site plan presented because the ordinance has to be changed and adopted prior to them being able to for, to submit a site plan with all those details.
6: Okay. All right. Uh, guys David Thank, Thank you I
10: have Paul. no steam with me as well mm-hmm. Um, that way, if it's just quicker, I think, and easier, we'll just stay with the limitation no, no, no. of time. Um, if he's, you can ask him questions directly if that's all
6: uh, we'll right. Thank you, We'll give you six minutes. Six right? minutes. All right, don't start yet. Um, I,
10: I thank you very much. Thank the staff. They've, they have always worked with Douglas and, uh, and with Jamal. Um, we've had. Um, Two concept plans approved on this property the most recent one was in 2019 and it had 396 dwelling units on it Um, And uh, and that was as a commercial apartment above first floor retail So you had three stories above first floor retail the height limitation is 55 feet I think it's 45 unless you get a bonus and then there's some provisions for bonuses with up to 55 or even 60 feet but right now under the zoning that exists, they can get more than what we're requesting under the density provision, even though it sounds like the density has increased. And that is because under commercial apartments, you get three square feet of residential space for every one square foot of commercial space that you have. Um, And on this site, it's already generated in the previous concept plans and I'll let Paul discuss why they don't work for this in this market now. Um, But that would have generated 396 units on site or more. Um, Under this proposal, uh, we would be allowed on this 13 acres, 325 total units so it's it, it, while it, yes the density of 25 units per acre is greater than the 10 it's not greater than the commercial apartment provision that is already there on site where well, the the two primary aspects of this request and really for what you to consider from a policy standpoint is is one a reduction in the amount of commercial from either 50% and some, and it depends on design, or 25% down to 5%. I'll let Paul talk about that in a minute, and then, and then um, two, whether you allow um, uh, individual um, apartment buildings, so to speak, next to um, commercial, you know, on same site or within within two different parcels, which is what's here. I mean, that's really the policy decision. It's not about being able to do more units because he can do up to the 396 or thereabouts now under if he implements this provision it's much less so i'm going to let paul go into a few aspects of what they're looking for here you know we received a favorable recommendation also from the kent narrows development foundation with some with some tweaks to it um and let me turn it over to okay. you because our time
11: sure. is <clears throat> okay Th- thank you for the opportunity nice to see some of you again and some for the first time so i'll be, I'll be brief um what we're really trying to do is get something done so we came to and we were in front of the commissioners in 2010 for a very aggressive concept plan that was close to 400 units and 100 plus thousand feet of commercial and an amphitheater and structured parking and many things that was Unfortunately, just unachievable, and, and we were just too aggressive. We've been working since then to come up to a plan that's doable. and what I mean by doable is financeable. Whatever we propose and whatever this group, county and planning board and commissioners, so it, it still has to be financeable or it doesn't move forward. We think what we have today we don't think we've met with lenders is doable so the concept is to do about 40,000 feet of commercial originally it was 20 before the Planning Commission was 20,000 feet give or take but we we heard that that you know there was some, some consternation about that and the, about reducing that commercial down so we we've, we've gone back and we've actually Found a way to double that and still make it doable so we're proposing what would net out to be about 40,000 feet of commercial about 350 residential units combination of apartments and townhomes nothing more than four stories so it would be four stories within the height limits Um, and i think it's uh, i have a little quick concept again this is not this is just to give you a visual of what would fit under this tax amendment if so approved i would love to to share and and and, And we just and if this doesn't work then then work with us to what could work what what the current provisions are don't work and won't work for us and that's just we can't get there we just can't get there but we want to get there we've been working with staff now for a couple years staff's been terrific they're looking at the whole overlay and all the zoning and what this text amendment is really just because we don't want to wait another couple years potentially for that process to go all the way through we'd like to get started you know started now if possible and we think that the, the zoning is going to change and some of these provisions will change but we'd like to just again try to move the ball forward and continue to work with staff so that's 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 our that's why we're here
10: and i, I think to clarify too what paul was saying is is that if the commission if the 5 percent the commission finds is too low and they say look we'd like it to be something higher. He's worked out a plan where he believes he can get to 10%, which is 40 which is about 40,000 square feet of commercial mixed with the residential. And I'm going to correct you you said 350 units it'll only generate 325. I'm on the sorry, side. sorry, I'm sorry. because yeah. you got 13 acres. That's all you have. Um, so, yeah, that's so, right. So it's sorry. Much, about 3.5. Thank Thank so um, I just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> uh, so that's what we're asking for is that amendment if if uh, you know we can sense from staff and all that they've got some concerns about it. We're not, you know, we don't have blinders on. You know, I mean, we don't kinda can't, can't understand some of the concerns. It's a commercial area, the county's focusing on that. But we hope that, that, that because, and we're coming forward with this because we would very much like you to consider evaluating and figuring out something so that this property can be redeveloped working with Douglas. And working with with jamal so that they can come to some some scenario where they actually can get it financed and develop it and so that's why we're here um, and we appreciate very much the time and putting some um, um, effort into this and if you have additional questions I'd be happy to answer them now or in writing um, you know in between while the the records open
0: so what's the difference between 2019 and this uh, requested change
10: this has about if it's forty thousand square foot of, if you, you know, if you bumped it to ten percent, okay, I'll answer it that way. Is that okay? Well, we'll uh, leave in 2019,
0: what was what was the?
10: There was about 115,000 square foot of commercial mixed commercial. It included office, right. included retail, so mm-hmm. there was 396. Um, apartments
11: mm-hmm. so so what we did is we brought the apartments down to 3 315 or 325. 325. 325 but really the office is the biggest difference we stripped out the bulk of the office and we, we tried to keep the retail with the restaurants and the things like that on the corner piece by the marina um, but office has become a, a real challenge in today's world and that may change in the near future and we certainly hope so but we don't see it so it's very similar to 2019 without the office the bulk of the office space it's less residential about the same amount of retail and less than
0: an office, well, five percent—it's almost hundred thousand square feet less on the on the commercial. Yeah,
11: so we stripped out the office, but we right. in that proposal there was about forty or fifty thousand feet of retail and fifty of office. So we took the office out, and we and we kept the retail. Right.
10: And and what he's saying here is, if the commissioners wanted to make that ten percent, if they were so inclined, mm-hmm. they would they would be about forty thousand square feet then of retail, right. and, and combined.
2: And in, in the nineteen plan. Am I remembering right, though, that it was it's was truly mixed use. It was lower floor commercial, first floor across. commercial, and then and the adjacent a... property was an issue. Correct.
11: The the adjacent property was going to be all retail in the 2019 plan, and then across property right, was going to be residential and mixed use with some office, some ground floor office and commercial uses on the ground floor. We still intend to do some of that on this plan on the ground floor, but just not nearly as much all of the corner by the marina all retail commercial and some on the ground floor but not as much and not as much residential
10: and and it's a density bonus provision it's not a mandatory so it's at the discretion of the planning commission and we have to then provide proof of the amenities that are being provided in payments and so on in order to achieve the density bonus as a formula in the in the code itself which you've seen come by for other projects well you haven't yet commissioner but the other ones have
0: i just i'm, I'm just curious uh i'm going to ask this question anyways uh amy uh stephanie what what was the reasons that staff uh, was unfavorable was there was there any was there multiple things yes no it's fine i just want to i mean because i look at it and i go what is that i mean what what is it Uh, we figure 1.5 vehicles per unit is is that what it is i mean what or i know there's a formula right yes yeah i know there's a formula and i'm just looking going okay so now you're adding 100 plus vehicles Mm -hmm. to the Narrows, and you know as we all know where the traffic's heading and with Without a new bridge in sight, yeah, you know that's a, that's a, a gamble you guys are willing to take. I just, I don't know. okay. But anyways. I don't yeah.
7: So infrastructure in its entirety um, was was part of the reason. Another was the special taxing district mm-hmm. that is within specifically within the WVC. Um, there is exceptions for properties that are the special taxing district is not applicable to, mm-hmm. and residential properties are parcels in which that are totally residential. Um, are an exemption so therefore if one of those parcels ended up being completely residential then the special taxing taxing district would not apply therefore the county would not be um, you know receiving the tax benefits from that special taxing district um, that go back to the Narrow's development. And, um,
0: in in and this ordinance if, if passed does it only affect their property or does it. No.
7: It, it, other can, ones? it could be specific to any properties that would be a redevelopment of a mixed use
0: redevelopment but it has to be mixed use to begin with yes yes and in the WVC right.
10: In the WVC that's right. correct it
0: just
10: has
7: to be redevelopment okay. okay.
9: still discretionary Yeah, right. it's still discretionary but if you brought into the tax district so to speak that you're talking about
7: uh, I'm not sure if Amy knows the answer to that one she's
10: can Can
12: it be be Good evening. What was your question?
9: Would it be brought into the special tax it, district? So this it?
12: the special taxing district um, mm-hmm. encompasses all of the WVC, and the WVC district is legally connected to the finance article that establishes the special taxing district. So staff, uh, when the proposal came forward that reduced the amount of uh, commercial development to such a degree, we were uncertain as to whether, or what that legal impact was on mainly the in addition to our comprehensive planning exercise and looking to holistically address these kinds of changes of mixed use. We were also concerned about what the um, annotated code, the finance article in the annotated code as well as our finance um, provisions in our code outline specific to such taxing districts because they are meant to support commercial development and then the taxing district is meant to go to the foundation to promote um, tourism activities and to promote um, existing businesses so new residential development is not permitted by right in the WVC district. It's not a standalone permitted use. It has been permitted as a component of a mixed use project so the question was when you reduce that mixed use and the text amendment as it was proposed was limited to 5%, not a minimum of 5%, Um, staff had been meeting with um, Joe and, and Drew especially to talk about that and our comments at the time were, I know that we're a few years out from actual adoption but if you could work with us while we were looking comprehensively at the update to our zoning code and working with the Kenton Development Foundation as well because they have a standalone community plan. Uh, We'd be much more comfortable reviewing this property, the needs of this property comprehensively. Um, We're all dedicated to finding a solution on the property. It was just the manner of getting there and that taxing district um, and the ramifications was one of our major concerns. But I do want to go on the record to state it's officially staff's position to favorably recommend in accordance with the planning commission's Good. recommendation. No, I,
0: I, yeah. I mean, I, I guess you know, in 2019 we got a site plan approval. A concept. concept. I'm sorry, concept. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that had 326 units and 115,000. 396. Square feet. Excuse
10: me. 396 commission.
0: Oh, 396. 396 oops on that i want to cut you short of those 70 so you had 396 and 115,000 a commercial and f- come to find out uh, well that, that just wasn't going to work right that All just wasn't, wasn't going to work so I guess with that we didn't have a we didn't have a heartache about the amount of of uh, condominiums to our apartments because we had the commercial because it all worked within the zone
12: Well, the difference was the difference was yes it was compliant with the zoning code
0: right so that all worked and so now we're sitting here going okay well if if we if we cut it back to 325 units and we go five ten percent twenty thirty percent whatever
9: the commissioners and forty thousand commercial
10: that's a ten percent that would be forty thousand Oh. Unless you increase the amount then we will have something. That's commercial. what I was saying. That, that was the difference. All that commercial was underneath
2: the first floor. Was right. the first floor. Then they had the amphitheater. And had, again, right. Yeah. On yeah. the adjacent property across because you can't do it because they're not contiguous, you can't apply the percentage across because the road's there. Right. I learned that.
4: You understand that the present proposal is residential where the outlets are. Right. And commercial Right. where they that's right on the uh, corner okay just right.
0: so like it is in the picture basically that's at five percent
4: that's part of the tax district concern right this is entirely residential use right where the outlets are how does that impact the special taxi district status because it's not mixed that property is not mixed use it's mm-hmm. always gotcha
0: okay and,
12: and also that same um, concern is applicable to consistency with the Kenton arrows Community Plan because this was an issue that was heavily debated when we were drafting that community plan.
10: And what Paul was saying, I'm sorry.
6: Yeah, now just for the record, I want to be clear the Kenton arrows Development Foundation has a letter in the file which uh, recommends approval of the proposal.
10: Um, uh, the, uh, if, as, as Paul was saying to you, the, the 5% is something that they can work within. Now whether you want to send it back and have a dialogue with staff and see what, what we can come up with is one question perhaps for you all to consider um, if you all are inclined to you know, change that number. Uh, we're indicating that the numbers that he's ran can have it up to 10%, which would be over 40,000 square feet of commercial space, and that would require commercial space to go over onto the other side. Yeah. <laughs> hey, tax? Yeah, the tax district issue then goes away. Be,
11: we're, we're and expecting would. to pay taxes either way.
10: So, I, so I have a c- question.
8: Maybe Chris can answer it. Um, It it says here um, 25 dwellings per acre for redevelopment, not development, but redevelopment. So is that basically just saying it's for this project only?
4: Um, I guess
0: you could knock down the Holiday Inn. You could knock down
2: the Botel. The best Western, the Botel, anything in there, right? Yeah.
4: I mean, any property. Big house. You could knock down the Swan Cove condos, I guess.
12: There, there, so it is re,
8: of- so it's restricted to just redevelopment. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do it if there was a vacant lot there,
12: correct? Uh, and, uh,
4: take the lot next to the holiday inn, which is vacant, which has caused some difficulties with the owners of that property.
10: <laughs> I mean, we're, we were trying to keep it as limited and confined initially, we said. We had some language about dilapidated and so on. That caused consternation with both the Narrows foundation and the planning commission. We were trying to narrow the scope of it. I mean, because this it, this is a very unique, it's not waterfront. So that all you know, there's no waterfront on this property. It's, it's, he only owns essentially where you see the parking and the, the structures themselves. So it's it's not quite the same as, as other waterfront properties in the Narrows. And like I said, what, look, there's a lot of difficulty in doing anything like this. But the important message for, for Douglas to get across to you and for Paul and everybody is that we, we want to find a, a resolution so that they can move forward. They, they do development. I mean, I know we've been through a lot of maturations on this property. They hired me in 2006, and I'd like to say I had hair then, but I didn't even have there then. Um, and um, we'd like to um, find something that they can move forward with and do. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. All
6: right. Thank you. That's everyone who signed up to speak. Are there any other public comments or requests to County Ordinance 2302? Uh, Three
5: Hundred
0: will probably for two weeks at the next meeting. Any other questions? Any, nobody any questions? All right. We're going to hold out Hold this open for two weeks. Moving on. Okay. All right. All
1: right. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, Next, we have a public hearing on county ordinance 2304, and this is for the purpose of revising the current provisions on property tax credit for retired and or disabled veterans and their surviving spouses, eliminating the five-year duration of the tax credit and providing the results of the annual audit conducted in connection with such tax credits to the county commissioners. So, Mr. Thompson, this is uh, item number two in uh, under tab seven, pages three and four. Mr. Thompson,
6: this is a public hearing being held by the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County, July 25th, 2023, at 5:50 p.m. County Commissioners Meeting Room, Liberty Building, 107 North Liberty Street, Central Maryland, to receive public comment regarding proposed County Ordinance 2304 and acts concerning the property tax credit for certain retired veterans and their surviving spouses. For the purpose of revising the current provisions of property tax credits for retired or disabled veterans and their surviving spouses, eliminating the five-year duration of the tax credit, providing that the results of the annual audit conducted in connection with such tax credit shall be provided to the county commissioners and generally revising and updating provisions regarding tax credits for dwellings of certain veterans and their surviving spouses. By amending section 5-10.6 of the Code of Public Local Laws. a person with comment or proposed orders that you may do so at this hearing. The speakers will be limited to three months, minutes each written testimony of any length to be submitted to the County Commissioners. 107 Northern Liberty Street, Centerville. Copies of the ordinance have been available at the county commissioner's office during normal business hours. All hearing sites are accessible to individuals with disabilities. Sign life interpreters and assistive listening systems are available. Part of the record of proceeding will be a certificate of publication indicating notice of tonight's year was published for two consecutive weeks in the Bay Times Record Observer. Uh, and some emails. Uh, have been received that will also be part of the record Good yeah that was not the gentleman that spoke earlier you already introduced yeah uh, okay i just I don't know why. know why they didn't yeah usually
5: evening uh first of all
9: first off thank you for your service
5: Uh. My name is, as I said before, is Jim Richardson. I'm a, primarily a pro bono attorney who, having retired from federal service, spends my time largely trying to make life as difficult for the Department of Veterans Affairs as I can. My concern on reading the uh, ordinance is that by its terms, it seems to imply or explicitly limit itself to uh, those people who are retired from the military as disabled that's a very very small portion of the disabled veteran committee uh in fact i would say it's probably less than 10 percent there's an extensive proceeding i have provided a memorandum which i believe has been circulated to the uh, commissioners talking about the two types of disability uh
0: I, you know just, I, I, just forgive me for interrupting but i think that when we originally did this it had nothing to do with disability it had everything to do with those that served a minimum of 20 years uh, for their country and they qualified as long as they they had an honorable discharge they qualified for a 20% tax reduction and if whoever the service member or woman was expired their spouse would be able to carry on in that same location right. so I don't know that we really had disabled in there on the first f- the first go around that's why I'm eager to hear how you want to
5: Well, uh, I would have meant it by including language that I suggested there has been rated as disabled by the Department of Veterans Affairs under Title 38. Um, Personally, uh, I am a disabled veteran. Uh, Got my tax bill yesterday and saw very nicely that, very nice credit. But in any event, the way it's being administered by the county uh, does include disabled veterans uh, from the VA, okay. Uh, they required, you're required to submit a decision letter from the VA stating the degree of disability along with the DD 214, the honorable discharge. Uh, the language of the statute uh, of the ordinance mm-hmm. does not encompass those folks. And I would respectfully request that uh, you make it explicit uh, as has been the apparent practice for the last several years and uh, we, perp- we really thank you for that opportunity because it does, in fact, encompass a much larger universe of uh, disabled veterans, of, of veterans. General well, Sponsor. that
0: was honestly one of our concerns when we first did this. Uh, and, and I think that in.
2: Uh, so, I you- th- so I think, I think what we did was it's disabled. In other words, you were still active duty, became disabled at that point I think what you're talking about is people who down the road which is my dad yeah, right. 25 As I understand service, what you're
5: saying Mr. Wilson you aimed it at people who completed 20 years of service mm-hmm.
2: Well, but but also may have been disabled in the line of duty and we're, that's why they were put out that's the an
5: unusual category in fact it's very unusual very, But for some very, reason that's very rarely the will a service member get to a point where he's she he is retired would also be rated as unfit for service under 12 U.S., 10 US C 1201, which is what you're referring to in the language of I know, but
2: for some reason, that's ringing a bell. Yeah. So, but to thought, Jim's point, yeah, is that and we that's we had what I'm saying. I think one there. of the things
0: that we looked at <coughs> was those that are disabled after the fact someone who serves four, eight, 10, 12 right. years, whatever the case may be, and now all of a sudden has Agent Orange as a right. 20% hearing loss. Uh, they were, those individuals, and correct me if I'm wrong, are compensated. Compensated from the federal government, correct to, to an extent, and that's the ones that we weren't really trying to capture. We were trying to capture the ones that had served twenty years, and we're not collecting something else.
5: Well, they serve. They, if they have served the point where they have a vested pension, mm-hmm. that is a, that is compensation from the federal government for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And if they do it right, it's like any other annuity. You can pass it on to your spouse. Mm-hmm. They are not necessarily but somewhere short of that at 12 years staff sergeant smith loses a leg in iraq mm-hmm. he will be placed before a disability board and retired with a percentage of disability which frankly it's up for grabs uh, that money does not come from the va that comes from the dod budget it is not it is not veterans compensation mm-hmm which is what I have my point of view in terms of in, increasing the universe. I don't know how many people you're talking about. I don't know. Nor, I do we. Uh, that's,
0: pardon me. nor do we. And that's, that's the, the well, conundrum we, we, we're in. We
5: can, we can find that out. Uh, I'm sure that the secretary of veterans affairs has numbers. Uh, I'm in the process of trying to find that out for other purposes now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, it can't be that big a universe. You know, I understand about 50 people have applied for this credit.
2: Uh, yeah, that's about what I remember too. But I, I still think the person, you, the one you were just describing was part of what we were trying to capture. Mm-hmm. i still say that the 12 year out disabled the yeah. property tax credit. Well, the, because because you, cause this started with the state given it as enabling legislation at, at the state level and then that allowed the counties to then adopt it just like the first responder tax credits and the rest of them. So, I mean, I'd be happy to see. Is there language that other counties have that's specific to what you're I, I haven't
5: of? had a chance to research that. I have an intern this summer who I, who in fact is researching I'd just be
2: curious to see if another county has the language you're talking about, just so we could kind of see how that Well, that, other, I then. know
5: at least five other counties are extending it to okay. veterans who are disabled. So that's something that- We're happy to come back and provide that language. Well, I, I think Patrick should be able to get a hold of that
6: if there's language that's out there already. That, that, speaks to that right that we could look at as yeah a I mean, I, amendment. frankly i don't so, think it's be- being administered to exclude any disabled veteran.
5: well it's not because i i know i get it right and, and that's, so that's what i'm saying i think but i understand the, the point if we're going to include
6: the way. other ones we ought to, you exactly. ought to it, it ought
5: to be there in the language of the ordinance right uh, several other counties have variances of this uh, for instance, Colbert County exempts uh, only exempts uh, folks who are afflicted with Agent Orange issues, uh, which, to my mind, is wrong. Also, because that, that doesn't have a we're looking at a we're looking at a universe of folks that served at Camp Lejeune and have no idea what that's going to be like. Uh, we know there are sixty thousand claims pending right now for that alone. So uh, I tell I you, la- get my the la- Frank, my last two clients are have cancers that are related to
2: that so if you could get those numbers we can compare it to what we're actually administering administering to now and then we'd know what that Delta is right to to what the number should be or what what you're trying to propose here right Right,
9: mr. Richardson when when you were doing uh, your three-minute public uh, Mm -hmm. discussion you mentioned if I understood correctly that if they are discharged with title 10 they're eligible for the tax credit but if they're if they are discharged by title 37
5: okay they're not dischar- they are not okay I may have misspoke there if they or maybe are discharged, if they're discharged or retired under title 10 as I see the language of the ordinance they will be eligible right if they are discharged okay let's they're state, eligible between we let's take my course I was discharged in 1978 in 1998, during a physical, I learned I had type 2 diabetes. That's where my compensation comes from. Uh, I would suggest to you that of the disabled veterans, uh, more than 60 or 70 percent of those are for conditions that arise well after their actual service. Uh, I just say you understand the, comp- the, the distinction there that I'm making.
9: And if I understand what you're saying for the Queen Anne's County property tax. If they're 20 years and they retire honorably, they get the property tax. What right. You're asking is, let's say they go 12 years, they get disabled. They don't do the 20 years. You'd like them to be.
5: Well, if they if they go their 12 years, let's I, take my staff, take my Marine Staff Sergeant gets his leg blown off and, or hers in today's world, loses a leg in combat. They may be retired. Under 10 U. S. C. but they haven't done 20 years. No, no, large. They're you know. Uh,
9: and you want them to be qual to yes, qualify. Yeah. Got it. Uh, it,
5: it, it. If you want my two-hour lecture sometime, I'd be more than happy. But uh, no, th- that's what I'd like to see this extended to the veterans, male and female, because we have more and more and more women yeah. uh, who are becoming eligible. We're looking at uh, in, to go back to Vietnam. We're looking at women veterans and their daughters and their granddaughters who are giving birth to children with spinal bifida. And quite frankly, Mr. Moran, I'm not sure we can put a total number on the universe because this stuff keeps popping up. My most recent client was a dentist in 1968 at Camp Lejeune. Two years ago, he developed incurable cancer.
0: I lived there for three years.
5: so I'd like to talk to you. <laughs> no, seriously, sir.
0: Uh, Phil's over here going, now, now I know what's wrong with him.
5: <laughs> that explains a lot. Right, there you go. Yeah. We have a list.
0: <laughs> uh, well, Pat, I think that we we'll to
5: have
0: to dig into this a little more and Put a record for two weeks. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yes, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
5: Would you like me to communicate directly with your council? If, if,
0: if, yes. If you can help me identify the other counties that have it and we'll look at what I they have. I will do and, that, sir. I yeah. can do
5: that All very right. quickly and, I can do what I can to find out the uh, what might be the potential universe in this county, given yeah. our current population. Right, and uh, it would give you a better feel for the revenue, in, the revenue issues. Fiscal. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Thank Perfect.
0: you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank
5: you. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you.
0: So, anybody else want to testify?
6: You? Any other public comment on County Ordinance 2304?
0: Right. We'll close this hearing and keep the record open for two weeks and on to the next. All right. Okay,
1: commissioners, uh, our next
0: uh, item, item
1: number three, also under tab number seven, pages 5 through 18. This is uh, two proposed ordinances for the airport protection and Kent Island Gateway District. Uh, basically, we have county ordinance 2305, which will update sections to add and remove certain permitted uses and update design standards to recognize the need for redevelopment and include and to also include Federal Aviation Administration and Maryland Aviation Administration airport protection requirements. Uh, County ordinance 2306 is included to rezone three parcels from the UC to the airport Kent Island Gateway District zone. So both ordinances were forwarded by the Planning Commission with favor- favorable recommendations, and they're available tonight for introduction and uh, public hearing uh, to be scheduled.
0: I'll, I'll introduce both of them. Both of them? Mm-hmm. All right.
2: Are we going to get some background on these two? I mean, just before the hearing, even? Because I'm not familiar with
1: the. We can, uh, uh, we can have a little background right now, if you'd like. Yeah.
2: Uh, uh, just for the FAA requirements sure. and sure. that kind of All right. thing.
1: Absolutely. Mr. Drummond, uh, Ms. Mordock asked. and I Stephanie had to, I I yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I no Come idea on. what so, they're asking
12: for here. I'm glad that you asked because, uh, these two ordinances are coming. These two ordinances are coming forward together as the beginning of our entire code update. Mm-hmm. So, um, I wanted to first, uh, announce that. Um, Our planning attorney uh, Chris Drummond is also going to serve as our subcontractor to guide us through the entire um, chapter 18 update. Uh, We focused on this as a starting point because there are um, pressing needs to address within um, this general area. Um, It's a great place to start our code update because it's The first district as you cross the bridge, so it's a great place to start. And it has a lot of pressing issues relative to how mixed use and commercial apartments are working. It has also been historically um, a zoning district where identifying those FAA and MAA requirements ahead of a project review has been a little bit of a challenge, and ahead of a permit review, even. So we wanted to. to make that a lot more clear in the code, but I'm not so will this
2: this will this and, and will this hone in the area to where basically you'll have a cone of silence around there to where it, it'd be someone even coming in to ask the question why is that partial empty and the answer will be because it's within this zoning for the airport or No,
12: no. Um, that's not going to change. That already exists. The uh, <coughs> the fly zones and Right, and I get that's all the FAA
4: right <coughs> FAA um, implemented, if you will. The, it's You're talking about in the sky? Well I'm just talking about in the general area
2: around it. I know we couldn't they couldn't grow um
4: so the grape vineyards, the great the vineyards, vineyards yeah. because the birds were gonna come oh, in right. and the birds would fly into so there were certain uses and yeah, things. That won't like change. That. Okay. Because okay. that's not something <laughs> that yeah. that the county uh, has jurisdiction over or regulates. That's what the FAA okay. tells us, or tells property owners what they can and can't do. But
12: what we wanted to do is to make it extremely clear where to find those guidelines, what we're following, what the airport manager has to see in terms of making favorable recommendations. Um, she, oh, currently she vets all that information and liaises with MAA and FAA to make sure that we are getting all the right documentation. But there has been confusion with applicants as to what standards they need to meet. So what that's really what we wanted to clean up was to, so that it's completely transparent. But I do want to back up and let Stephanie who is going to manage our code update with uh, Chris Drummond sort of give you the context and then answer these questions specifically. So um, the code right
7: now has was last updated in 2004. <laughs> so we're very well due to update our uh, land use code. Um, there's been two comprehensive plans adopted in that time period as well. There's been over 100 text amendments and don't know the number of map amendments but there's been multiple as well so we're um, you know there's been economic changes cultural changes um, environmental changes in the last 20 years so i think now is the time that we obviously need to do that the comp plan was finished last year um, and then the annotated code basically directs us to update um, our land use article to be consistent with the comprehensive plan so the comp plan will be that driving um, force basically to update the code Um, Some of the changes you might see are um, a reduction in the zoning districts. We have about 25 now, I think. So the intent is to reduce the number of zoning districts, condense them, um, insert kind of charts or tables throughout the code that'll make it a little more user friendly, reduce the number of pages, and then go on to address um, the mixed use, obviously, kind of how we just talked about and have been talking about probably since the update of the comp plan. also um, has a resiliency in all the issues that are addressed in the comprehensive plan. Um, and as Amy said, Chris will be our consultant throughout the update. So. Who,
12: who knows best <laughs> yes. where all the problem spots of the code are located and where all of the, uh, the code provisions that are very successful and have served us well. I mean, he's our expert. Yeah, wow. uh,
4: that's only by virtue of being around longer than everybody. <laughs> I think that the the, number of amendments since uh, 2004 is is 111 Mm. to the Zoning Code Um, and um, every text amendment or you have to be careful with every text amendment uh, that it doesn't become an octopus with tentacles elsewhere in the code that you don't realize and you end up with unforeseen circumstances while you're trying to do something that you think is, is helpful. Uh, you, you don't realize that it may have um, impacts over here. And then uh, six months later somebody proposes something and you say, oh geez, we should have changed that when we changed that. Um, and, and, the, and the code right now is riddled with those sorts of problems. Um, I use the example frequently of uh, subsection 36 uh, of title 18 uh, which is a complete disaster and uh, causes confusion with property owners, engineers, surveyors, lawyers, staff because it's been tinkered with so much um, that frankly it's difficult to make sense of it half the time when applied to a piece of property so we really this is well overdue. It. Um, and as, as Stephanie and Amy said we do have a new comprehensive plan with new goals and objectives one of which uh, or significant one of which has to do with the c- capacity problems at the wastewater treatment plant which you heard about earlier today um, and while the re-rating will uh, uh, if approved by MDE will um, expand the capacity by 300,000 gallons. As you heard, that's not pr- probably going to go very far. And um, the comp plan recognizes that. Um, and so this amendment, which seems um, and is, frankly, t- targeted at largely at one piece of property, uh, should not be seen in that vein. Uh, It is intended to be the first of the group of amendments to, one, start the cleanup uh, of the code, uh, to uh, uh, bring the zoning districts more in compliance with uh, or into compliance with or become consistent with the new comp plan. Um, And that is highlighted in this um, proposal for example, by removing, you'll notice, uh, apartments as a permitted use in the airport protection district. Uh, And also eliminating commercial apartments, which is a, we think, uh, we suggest is a reaction to the limitations that we're facing with capacity at the plant. Um, and the whole concept of commercial apartments has has morphed significantly since they were first uh, proposed back uh, I, I think they may have been in the eight, 1987 ordinance. Um, which, and they were intended to be uh, you know modest second and third story residential uses above smaller commercial uh, street front um, uses and we there are examples of what we thought commercial apartments what was intended in in Chester there's a couple of buildings right there behind the Red Apple Plaza for example that uh, are um, consistent with what the idea was Uh, I think they both those two both have eight apartments on the second four and four on the second and third floor that was what was intended not 396 apartments above first-floor commercial offices or retail. Um, as you know, or likely know, there was a proposal for a number of commercial apartments on the Bay Bridge Marina property, uh, which, frankly, the uh, owner expressed to us that he did not want. Um, and so, it, not only do we does it make sense to eliminate commercial apartments because of the comp plan, because of the limitations of the wastewater treatment plant, but the property owner doesn't want to be there, so it made sense to eliminate it.
12: Um, I think yeah, that was the kind of, uh, this is a longer answer to the shorter question you had, but right. I just, I wanted to contextualize that we, this is the kickoff of the entire code update, and we focused here because of the pressing needs that are already on the books um, and we know clocks are ticking on those projects uh, otherwise we probably would have given the Planning Commission a little break between the comp plan and the code update but it just it seems important that we start now and that we start here and continue moving with mixed right. use. Uh,
4: the other significant uh, proposals in this text amendment would be the introduction of uh, duplexes in the uh, airport protection and gateway island um, Island Gateway district, but um, duplexes that have attached to them slips, um, and that the slips be made something of a permanent feature of the of the ownership of a duplex. Um, and, and that is to uh, we thought, at least that that would uh, promote mixed use. You have a commercial marina residential use that's part of the commercial marina and the and the ownership of the duplex comes with participation in the commercial marina use. Um, we there, there's a, a bulk standards uh, that we've changed uh, which would be a page I guess three of the ordinance to accommodate the uh, residential use that's proposed. Um, And then the last two pages are what Amy referred to uh, as the clear guidance to property owners in the airport district uh, of what is expected and required of uh, any development application um, with respect to the review and and if appropriate approval by the Federal Aviation Administration and or the Maryland Aviation Administration. and uh, I thank uh, Joe Stevens who had a, a hand in, in this uh, aspect of the ordinance. It uh, got uh, modified a bit from its original proposals uh, to clarify the um, uh, uh, what's the word I want? Uh, involvement. The, the, role of the role. The role is the better word of the uh, airport manager. So uh, no one should have any questions now about what will be required from the FAA and the MAA for development applications in the district.
12: Including the AWAS system.
4: And then we of course also are proposing some rezonings in the district uh, which would uh, in- take the, these properties here or UC or Urban Commercial that's the marina. Mainly adjacent uh, property. The there's Arsh- a
12: hole in the airport yeah. zoning as it right. exists, so it made sense to clean that. So that
4: is all would now be airport protection zone. This the property. I can't think of the name of the owner of the property. You might notice that there's apartments or something so, going up on in there this now? one. Yeah, there's construction going on right now. Yeah, and, and that's the result of um, uh, an approved site plan for guess what? Apartments. Personal commercial apartments. apartments. Right yeah. um, and you'll notice in the table of uses that commercial apartments approved prior to July 1st of 2023 are permitted to use because we didn't want to make them non- non-conforming right, right. But, I mean they they went through the process they got approval they've already started construction and it really would be unfair now to make them non-conforming. How, just
8: off, out of curiosity how many units in that project how many apartments <sighs> you know, off the 60. top of your head
9: yeah. Yeah.
12: Guess, I'm not sure Joe.
4: Just 60 60? 60 there okay, that's the, so okay. Yeah. thank you uh-huh. yep that's what the that's what the proposal thank you. is and that's the context in which it's presented to you Perfect. all right thank, thank you. you
9: thank you
1: all right commissioners uh, moving on to new business. You want to uh, switch over to tab number three i believe it is tab three we have um 11 action items this evening Uh, the first of which is uh, the um, proposed purchase of 2629 cecil road it's a vacant lot that uh, we were approached Uh, public works was approached by uh, a realtor to purchase a lot in the harbor view subdivision that staff has very significant concerns with it being developed because it's prone to prone to flooding and other issues. And we would um, recommend acquiring that property. So could I get a motion on that? And uh, we can get any more details here from our property manager, uh, Dave McGlashan, on this one.
8: I move to purchase the vacant lot at 2629 Cecil Road in the amount of $12,500.
0: Did you second that, Jack? Yes, I do. We have a motion and a second. Discussion. Why do we own 2631?
13: It was donated to us.
0: Does that lot flood?
13: It does. It's so, encumbered with non-title, or I'm sorry, with title wetlands, and it was not served by sewer. Okay. This lot is served by sewer.
0: 2629 is? Yes, sir. So what do we do with that? Are we saying that we're going to, I mean, if we're going to purchase it, we would
1: just keep it as a preserved property and add it to our existing property there next to it, use it for as an MS4 or stormwater management or drainage purposes. It could be developed, but that's the concern. If it is developed, it's going to be potential a flooding. potential problem for the, the future owner. What, future what are
9: the two sizes combined?
13: 13,000. I'm sorry.
1: Size of the property?
13: This is 8,800 square feet the two I'm not sure what the one total one? is no that's that's just the one we're that's the one in reference to the 2629 we're asking to purchase the other one I'm not sure it's roughly twice the size of this one
0: hmm. okay any other discussion all right uh let's see here the motion was to purchase the vacant lot at 2629 cecil road in the amount of twelve thousand five hundred dollars all those in favor signify by saying aye, aye. aye. opposed abstained Four zero. all right thank you commissioners
1: item number two on pages three through five um is a memorandum also from chief property manager uh, dave mclashen so we've acquired several uh, vacant lots in the kent island estates uh, community and uh, largely by donations or opting out of the sewer service area. And we've been approached by several property owners in there about buying those lots that are adjacent to their home sites and adding those lots to their home sites to make a bigger property. So we're at a point now where we want to maybe look at surplusing those, you know, to these individuals so they can add to their uh, existing home sites. Wouldn't be any new houses. It would just be lot combinations so they can have a bigger home site.
0: So we're, uh, we'll get a motion
1: for I was, a motion on yeah.
2: that. Um, I move to surplus these vacant lots to adjacent property owners and to utilize all proceeds from the sales towards community-specific improvements. Second.
0: OK, discussion?
2: Yeah, I was just, so will they be uh, restricted on what could be built on them? I mean, or, or let, me, let me say this, were the 11 eligible for sewer, or were they excess that, that couldn't be developed anyway, or what were they?
13: They were some of them were redlined initially for environmental uh, concerns or impacts. They right. had the chance, they had the, um, they were given the opportunity to opt out of sewer and some of those did and donated to us. Some of them were just lots that were passed down generationally. You know, people owned them that didn't live around here. They got the letter. They didn't want anything to do with with it. They just, and all they really wanted to do was stop paying taxes on it. So they. They opted to donate it to the county and take the tax write-off, and that's how we ended up with them.
0: Are we putting any restrictions on what can be done with them?
13: Now, the only restriction or that would be contingent upon the sale would be to administrative, do an administrative uh, subdivision to make them merge the two properties together. Right. Um, if, it met, if they met zoning requirements, they could, you know, if they were to add an outbuilding or something such as that, they, they could do so.
0: I guess, well, I think that Jack and I are thinking the same thing. If someone has a, your orange wedges, your orange marks here are the, are the properties. Yes. So if somebody next to one of those orange wedges couldn't build because their lot wasn't big enough, buys this, now builds, that's an economic benefit to them if we're selling these at right. $10,000. I guess that's, that's what I'm looking at. So
2: Yeah, a bare piece of property that you can't do anything on, is right. worth $7,500. A bare piece of property, you can put a...
13: 10,000 square foot addition on is worth a lot more. Okay. Um, were, you, were you saying so if someone had the lot next to them and they couldn't do anything, but, but if they utilized a piece of the lot that we owned and it would inha- would allow them to do something? Correct. You know, yeah. Uh, possibly.
0: Yeah.
13: Most of, the, most of these are not the most of them are, fairly small lots. We've only we've received uh, correspondence, I think, from three people hmm. about purchasing those. One of them, which is down here, is this tiny little lot off Talbot Road, which I think the lady's house is, sits on like a 6,000 square foot lot. She just wants the a little bit larger mm-hmm. footprint, per se, or, or, or plot for her own property. There's actually, I don't think there's any house on either side of her.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, any uh, I, mean, other I mean,
1: commissioners, if you want to take these individually, we can. We've had a number of folks come in and say, hey, this vacant lot next to me, I want to add it to my home site. I mean, we were just trying to clean these up. We don't really – public works received them uh, as potential uses for stormwater management and drainage. We, we don't feel that we need those for those purposes, so we were just trying to put those back out in the inventory so folks could have a Makes larger no, property I get, I get and then it. use those proceeds in the community for other attributes for the county is, is there folks. any way
2: to put contingencies on what they can be utilized for, I guess is my question. I mean, I get it. If you want to put a small garage out there or something like that,
13: I get it as long as the drainage does I, it. Or, but I think the only con- contingency is what would, I, would, I would ask Pat this question is some type of deed
0: restriction. Well, I way. guess I think where our biggest concern is, or at least was mine, is if, if something was unbuildable. And now you've given them enough square footage to build. Right. That's that's an economic benefit. If that's not the case, then you're just giving it a surplus, and somebody just wants the, more green next to their house versus like someone yard, More else. yard. Yeah. Yeah. Rob- yeah right. No problem.
6: None of the properties joining these are unbuildable. If they were unbuildable, they wouldn't be in the they'd right. have been and not in the service area. So they're
8: built okay. So they are buildable.
6: So they're
0: They're unbuildable. They
10: could,
13: they are, they've been removed from the sewer maps, so they do not have sewer allocation. They
0: don't have sewer, yeah. right? Right. Mean, but the house, the lots next to them, uh, they had to meet a certain square footage in order to be get sewer allocation.
13: Yeah. Oh, off the top of my head, and I, have, I could verify this for you, but I do not think surplusing any of these lots is going to take away from an adjacent property owner who didn't meet the 20,000-square-foot criteria. If they, you know, if they owned lots in common ownership next to them, where they had to combine, if they didn't right. need enough, right. I do not think any of these lots in question or would be a situation such as that, where someone would say, well, if I just had three more thousand square feet, I could have done something. I could have had a buildable lot here something, next to yeah, me. Pretty bad. I, don't, I don't think that's going to be the case.
0: All right, well then, with that being said, <laughs> Uh, Let's see, we are moving to surplus of vacant lots located in Kent Island Estates to, to adjacent property owners and to utilize all proceeds from the sales towards community specific improvements. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Abstained? no we didn't get anybody out there.
2: i was still thinking on the I'm boat still <laughs> on the
0: was it three to one no. No, we didn't have no no
2: we we didn't really have any eyes on the yes I mean I, I mean I'm good with the whole premise of expanding the property it's just the unintended I think Chris spoke about those things that happen when you do something and you don't really look unintended the consequences
0: look at exactly yeah so. mm-hmm. uh,
9: and four of these are waterfront hmm
13: I would venture well, to say that knowing the project as well as I do yeah. that these property owners have been spoken to by adjacent property owners about at some time about I need another 5,000 square feet you mm-hmm. know can I buy it from you or can I buy a part of it from you um, these were donated very early on in the project
0: okay so my, yes but I mean it's just, all right well, it's we'll, we'll, we'll do it again for Margie because we'll blame it on Margie she didn't get the vote <laughs> All right. All those in favor of the vacant lots being uh, liquidated, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained? You got to be one of the three. Wh- which are you? I
9: said aye.
0: Oh, you're, you're a yes? Yeah. Bill?
8: There's <laughs> just too much uncertainty. Okay, well then abst- I'm I'm a no.
0: Okay. Three to one. And one absentee. That was a tough one. Mm, that was. Mm. Okay. Thank you, General. Mm-hmm. Dave. All right.
1: Thank you, Mr. McGlashan. Thank you, commissioners. All right, moving on. Item number three on pages six through eight. This is for the um, Liberty Building Roof Replacement, a contract award, uh, the building we're sitting in now. So, Public Works is uh, preparing a bid document to replace the entire roof. Uh, however, uh, due to some unique circumstances, we want to do it in two phases. And phase one uh, would be around the area out here where the skylight is, and Mr. Edgar can maybe explain this a little bit, but we do have three bids uh, before you tonight, ranging from uh, $87,330 up to uh, $119,100 for phase one of this project. We want to get that started right away, and the low bidder was Ron Rough Roofing. So can I get a motion on that?
2: I move to award the Liberty Building roof replacement contract to Ron Roof Roofing of Baltimore, Maryland, in the amount of eighty-seven thousand three hundred thirty dollars, and authorize Director of Public Works to issue the notice of award and execute the contract on
14: behalf of the County
0: Commissioners. Second,
14: fire away. Good evening, Commissioners. So, uh, Liberty Building now is. Um Uh, over 30 years old and the roof is original to the building. Uh, It's been programmed for replacement for several years now and the time has come. We have detailed uh, construction specifications to do it. What prompted this phasing plan was uh, a few different uh, things. Um, One, first, this room that we're in, uh, as you're likely aware, is is a very busy room. Um, It is in need of Mm -hmm. refurbishing. Uh, repainting repapering it it needs some work Uh, that's going to take some time we need a window of every bit of a week if not longer to set up scaffolding and do the room upright Um, it's art deco right (laughs) the peeling right are you gonna miss it it will um, uh, we know that when we install the roof on this building predominantly shingle roof there's going to be nail pops and things that are going to be popping out so we want to install the roof before we refinish the interior of this building uh margie has kindly given us a window at the end of august into the uh excuse me the end of yes the end of august into uh early september to come in here and get that done we don't have time to formally procure this entire job so what we're proposing is reshingling this main central portion of the roof and and forgive me i should have given you a graphic earlier i'll pass these around the the area in yellow is the section that we would replace now another component the skylight that's out there uh believe it or not is one of the very few skylights in the county that has not been problematic for us Knock on wood, there haven't been any leaks, uh, but it needs to be removed in order to properly do the roof, and it's time to reglaze it uh, and new seals, and it took us quite a bit of time. The manufacturer of that skylight no longer exists, but because it's been so reliable, we'd like to stick with it, and we've brought on a specialist who is familiar with that product who would oversee the contractor's renovation of that skylight. So it would be disassembled piece by piece, reassembled. A relatively simple job but does require proper oversight so going out on a informal job like this we can engage that contractor to oversee that work uh, the third component is the air conditioning for this building is predominantly fed through a chiller over the administrators conference room uh, which is five years old and every year has proven problematic um, it's Warranty expires here in less than a month. We do have a new unit uh, ready to go and install on these, two flat, on these flat roofs here. Were we to bid this entire job and require that the, that the contractor coordinate the HVAC component, what that would do is it would limit this job instead of being something that a, a roofer could bid on, now we're getting into something that crosses over a couple different trades so we're looking at a general contractor either roofer or hvac back and forth we would anticipate that that would increase costs with the bidding process so for all those reasons what we did was we procured prices from uh, three local or reasonably local roofers that we've done work with here in queen anne's county they gave us these prices, uh, Ron Ruff roofing. Um, he's done several jobs for the county, most recently re-roofing the uh, public works office a few years ago, and uh, he's a low bid, and we're confident that he could do the job well. Most importantly, get it done in time for us to come in here and paint at the end of August. Is he the same roof that's uh,
9: at the Queenstown split there? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
14: This is Ron Rough Roofing out of um, Baltimore and not not rough roofers. Same family, I uh, br- brothers. brothers, brothers. Yes, Your brothers. Split split ways.
0: Okay. All Any questions? All right, we are voting on to award the Liberty Building Roof Replacement Contract to Ron Rough Roofing of Baltimore, Maryland in the amount of $87,330 and authorize the Director of Public Works to issue the notice of award and execute the contract on behalf of the county commissioners. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So move forward. Thank you, commissioners.
6: Thank you. Thank you. All right
1: okay commissioners item four on page nine is a letter of congratulations to the new kent island high school principal mr dan harding i'd like to have my name removed off of there for signature
8: (laughs) (laughs) actually truthfully this was my idea that we send a letter um, to dan congratulating him for his appointment as principal it was not an easy decision after speaking to dr salens but I think either one of those candidates that would have won the, the citizens of Queen Anne's County would have done well, so. Kudos. Make the motion. I'll make a motion that we send
0: this letter off to congratulate Dan Harding as the new principal of Kent Island High School. Second. We got a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Right, all right. on. Right <laughs> on. <laughs> all
8: right. You can Thank put you. me down you- as an aye.
1: All right, thank you, Commissioners. Item five on pages 10 through 16 is the Rural Rural Maryland Council grant application for the community revitalization effort for the adaptive reuse of the former Sellersville Middle School building. And this is a $45,000 grant to engage services from uh, Maryland Economic Development Corporation, and we even have a contribution from the Sellersville VFC of $15,000. So can I get a motion on, on that? i and, uh,
2: go ahead, Patrick. No, oh, you, got, right, you it. got it. Go ahead. You're on it. I'll be a
0: second.
9: I motion to approve Queen Anne's County Economic and Tourism Development Grant proposal to rural Maryland Council for $45,000 to fund pre-development consulting costs for the adaptive reuse of the former Sudlersville Middle School building. Second. Discussion.
15: So, uh, you may remember uh, last year in 2022, we applied for a grant, a CBDG grant, and received that to start the process of looking at the business or at the property shell um, to see if it was viable to look at potential uses. That um, adaptive reuse study was done in early 2023, um, and it was a really good study that turns out that the, the the Building, I keep saying business. The building is um, usable and it is pretty good shape. I mean, sure, it needs some work. It hasn't been occupied since 2012, I believe. Um, And so as we were moving on to the next steps now that this study has determined what potential uses are, which primarily um, are looking like affordable housing on the the second floor and potential commercial on the first floor, or it could be housing as well, um, we quickly realized with the amount of money that it's going to take to do something like that um, and not having um, a, a lot of market analysis to determine uh, what the pricing of this type of use would be. Um, it was decided that we needed to go back for a second study. Someone to he- We need someone to help us package um, this property to look at what uses are feasible, what costs are really going to be associated with um, redeveloping this building. Um, and we're basically assisting uh, Sellersville. A volunteer fire company they own the property obviously so we're assisting them in this role there's no out-of-pocket costs for the county at this point we don't want to study it to death but we don't have staff resources to you know focus the time and effort that we would need to do this pre-development type of packaging that needs to happen next. So after this is done, if approved, and and if we get the grant, then it would pretty much be ready to go to try to find developers, to try to find funding resources, to really see um, if we can get some end users identified and make something happen with that property.
9: Was, were you? The one that t- was telling me that there was a sports organization that was at one time interested in the in the in renting out the building was that like women's soccer league or something? No, it was
2: actually um, the company out of Harford County that does the big sports complex up there had looked at it because they wanted to get the old Jody Schultz property to put fields on. They were going to turn the middle school into basically they were going to build a stadium there that would be where they house the finals for uh, lacrosse, all your outdoor field sports, lacrosse, uh, soccer. They, they do major tournaments up in Hartford County that complex, so. But that's long since gone because those properties are now all gone.
15: There's currently a laundry mat there that's operated by the fire company and, and does really well. we helped fund that in the beginning. And then also on the back end, um, an auction house is in the old gym portion of the, the property. But other than that, it's not usable until major work is done.
0: Any other discussion? All righty. Uh, This is um, uh, to approve the Queen Anne's County Economic and Tourism Development's grant proposal to Rural Maryland Council for $45,000 to fund pre-development consulting costs for the adaptive reuse of the former Southernsville Middle School building. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained? Summary. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Uh,
1: Next item, item number six on pages 17 and 18 is a request for economic development incentive funding for refill goodness. And the EDIF commission has recommended the approval of a conditional loan of $7,500 to refill goodness. They're located on Main Street in Stevensville in uh, Mr. Azar's uh, new building down there. They want to use the funds to purchase equipment that is needed for formal event setups, including tents, tables, and checkout stations for their shows. Uh, total project cost is $14,290, and they're requesting, as I said, $7,500, uh, and the rest will be coming out of their own capital. And they will propose to, or the EDF commission propose to them to add one full-time and one part-time job within three years of the loan agreement.
0: What is this? Motion. Four for four.
8: You got
2: it. I move to approve the disbursement of up to $7,500 from the Economic Development Center Fund to Refill Goodness, LLC, for the purchase of Equipment Expander, Mobile Refill Services, the disbursement of funds is contingent upon a signed agreement between the EDIF Commission and Refill Goodness, LLC, outlining the terms and conditions in accordance with the application submitted to the EDIF Commission. Second. Second.
15: Patrick
8: seconded it.
15: So it is a uh, retail, it's called an eco-market, you would go in there yeah. and reuse um, containers to buy soaps and household cleaners, all of them are environmentally friendly. Um, I think she started out in, in a mobile way to begin with, now has a storefront and has found that the markets, um, going to certain markets and having a mobile refillery is what it's called, allows her to expand her business. and. Supports it, you know supports our cash flows and that sort of thing.
2: I actually sat next to him at the chamber event last year and What they're doing is is actually being well received uh, Because it's you know, you're just basically reusing the same containers put the stuff in instead of buying uh, You know throwaway plastic soap containers and that kind of thing. So you just take it there They refill it and you take it home.
8: And where's this located
15: in um, downtown Stevensville? um, But the address is on there. It's on the right hand side across from the old firehouse kind of and corner where Azar has. Mr. Azar.
8: Mr. Azar's building. buildings yeah. are? Yeah. Yeah. One of his commercial spaces down below? One of his spaces. Oh, in, oh okay.
15: in his building, yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Yep. Yeah. She's gotcha. been
15: there for a little bit. That is a
2: good idea. They got the innovation award, I think,
8: last year from the
0: oh, chamber, right? Yeah. I is believe it? so. Yeah. Sure. Hmm. Right there. It through the business. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
6: Yeah.
15: This is probably one of the smallest. I, I, I
8: could say I knew all this information and my questions were simply for the TV audience, but then I'd be lying. <laughs> <laughs> but at least now we have a more informed TV audience there you go you're welcome Mm -hmm. there you go
15: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is pretty cool you should check it out it
0: is sure going after the beating aren't you (laughs) see my defense since i don't have cable i can't watch qac tv (laughs) i knew he was going to do that to me (laughs) all righty so i'm not going to reread this one at seventy-five hundred dollars. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Oh. Heather,
15: thank you. Uh, thank you, it. Yeah. Did you ask me to give you this?
0: And we'll let you know when
1: they start refilling the uh, Coke bottles and uh, other beverages. <laughs> <laughs> like they <babies>, use like <laughs> returnable we might bottles. Might want to bring right? our liquor board in on that one. That's right. All right, commissioners, item number seven on pages uh, 19 through 46 is um, CC r05 chesterhaven beach partnership uh, reconsideration and um, as you may recall the the, uh, comprehensive rezoning request ccccr05 was submitted by chesterhaven beach um, and they want to add that their property tax map 57 parcel 25 into the chester growth area so back in may of 2022 um, the county commissioners uh, as a board agreed to reject this application and they moved that should the property owner seek and obtain a declaratory judgment or an equivalent court ruling uh, establishing the legality of the lots, the commissioners would reconsider this application uh, to reincorporate this property into the growth area. So we, in your packet, we have received a, um, a wealth of information from their representative, Mr. Joe Stevens, and he cites the. the um, the, uh, the county's long history of the recognition of these original legal lots in Chester Haven Beach and submitted the letter outlining a lack of the basis for filing of declaratory judgment since there is no controversy on this particular claim. So as such um, we um, we can reconsider this application at this time or if you have questions we have a number of staff members here to uh, address any questions. I know this has been Uh, circling around for several decades this property and the development of this property and the uh, status of these lots on this on this property which is resides right next to Gibson's grant on Piney Creek service road.
8: I think that we should probably I guess table this until Commissioner Corcorino can be here. just out of respect and, of course, the magnitude of this project and its long, rich history. I'd be curious at when we do, if council doesn't mind coming back uh, in a couple of weeks um, to give us some information. Uh, it was determined here that our planning attorney and our county attorney have reviewed this. And that so that was the declare, declare judgment that we were looking for. Um, but I still think we should wait till Chris gets here.
9: I agree. I'm good with it.
0: There you have it.
1: All right, so we'll table this till August the
0: 8th, right? All right. Are you gonna be...
4: (laughs) Would have been nice to know that an hour and a half ago, but...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are you gonna be here on August 8th? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Did you already go to Scotland? Well,
2: Chris, if you you wouldn't have been here to give me my update on the airport (laughs) then. (laughs)
4: <laughs> oh,
0: okay all right didn't yeah. want to impede on that okay <laughs> we'll save that for a how about later. how about in two weeks you it, wear and it here and,
8: and actually
2: if we could for the council because commissioner mclaughlin wasn't a party to the, the declaratory motion that was made um, that was prior to his term so if we could have some more information patrick could have some background i know i talked to him earlier and he had a lot of questions that I don't I can't answer so I don't know if that's something you know give him some of that background since he wasn't privy to it
1: all right all right moving on thank you very much All right, commissioners. uh, Moving on, we have a few budget amendments to wrap things up today for our action items. Uh, The first one on page, or excuse me, uh, item number 8 on page 47 is budget amendment CC2 for the sheriff's office for the Bryce Justice Assistance Grant. And this is um, a grant that the governor's office awarded to the sheriff uh, for... Training equipment for public safety and medical uses. Funds are paid out on a reimbursement basis. Uh, $30,800 eight, $30, is the grant amount. That's I get a, a motion on budget back. amendment CC2.
2: Uh, motion to approve
0: budget amendment CC2. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discu- further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right, thank you, commissioners. Um, Item number nine on
1: page 48 is budget amendment CC3. This is for the Department of Aging for assisted living, and this amendment is to increase the assisted living budget to reflect the amount received through the grant. So the total grant award for 24 was $48,979, of which $36,436 is currently budgeted. So our contingency is being increased to offset the decrease in the uh, aging transfer out so additional grant money coming in and no
8: additional county funds or no additional
1: county funds we get more grant money than we had budgeted is essentially what we have here
8: isn't it one like
2: wonder one of them a dollar apart we got like a dollar less or something like that we won't
1: we won't get into all those details that's that that's the next one yeah yeah yeah
9: okay i move to approve budget amendment cc-3 aging assisted living second Got a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item?
0: <coughs> Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed?
1: So moved. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. Uh, item number 10 on page 49. This is budget amendment CC4, also for the Department of Aging uh, for the Vulnerable and Elder Home Delivered Meals. Uh, home excuse me, the senior I and I program and the Ombudsman State Initiative to reflect uh, this reflects various grants that we received all of which are a little bit more than we had budgeted so the amendment decreases the total transfer into aging overall by seventy eight thousand nine hundred and seventy dollars no additional county funds additional grant monies coming in so this cleans up several um grants that the department of aging receives
8: i'll make a motion that we uh, approve budget amendment cc-4 2nd
0: you a motion and a second any discussion Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you,
1: Commissioners. And our, our final item tonight is um, item number 11 on page 50. This is Budget Amendment CC5, again, for the Sheriff's Office for the Warrants and Absconding Program. And this is another awarded grant from the sh- to the Sheriff from the Governor's Office for the Warrants and Absconding Program to um, decrease the number of open warrants by apprehending wanted and absconding individuals to reduce crime in Maryland communities. This is uh, for $75,260.
2: Motion
0: to approve. Budget amendment CC5. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Cool. All right.
1: That is all of our action items this evening, commissioners.
0: Mm -hmm. We
1: can take any press and public comments if there is any more. Nobody out there? Okay. You certainly can. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, Sure. come on up. You are the press. Sure, come on up. Beth Malasky, our public information officer, going to give us uh, some Public information, public information. That's right. (laughs) Cooling centers. That's right. It's hot out there.
16: (laughs) So whenever we have extreme heat, extreme cold weather, the county typically will open up cooling centers or warming centers in the wintertime um, at our senior centers. So anyone that doesn't have access to air conditioning needs to cool off um we open up the senior centers to the general public during those times so that you can cool off and have a retreat so on thursday and friday of this week the 27th and 28th um, the department of community services is opening up Sudlersville senior center graysonville senior center and ken island senior center from 8 a.m to 4 p.m to the general public as a cooling center and if anyone knows of anyone in the community that is vulnerable, that does not have air conditioning that needs help, you can contact them on the phone and they um, have additional resources to help them.
0: What about the weekends? Because I hear Saturday's gonna be 107.
16: It's gonna be, so our cooling centers are only typically open um, during the weekdays, Uh but uh, the library is open, which is also um, a great place to use as a cooling center Uh as well. Um, Any public places that have air conditioning folks can use, family, friends, things like that. But our cooling centers for the county are only open during the week.
9: Or Jim's Pool. And what number can they call if they need assistance? 911. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It may be too late at
2: that heat, point. Heat
9: stroke is heat stroke.
16: <laughs> they can call the Department of Community Services at 410-758-0848. And we are going to be putting out information all, the whole rest of the week on tips on how to cool down, how to recognize heat exhaustion, and things like that. So.
9: Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Beth. Excellent.
0: And you got nobody, right? Nobody online? Very well. Um, Chris isn't here, so we'll start with Phil.
8: That's not fair.
0: You want to go the other way?
8: No, that's fine. Um, I mean, I I was out of town last week and uh, returned home on Friday from Cooperstown, New York. We had an opportunity to do some umpiring up there. pretty amazing baseball uh, was played. Um, uh, Weather, for the most part, cooperated. But um, it's good to be home and seeing you guys again. Oh, yeah. Especially Miss March. That's
0: oh, all I have. I'm with you. What about Patrick? you? Am
8: I chopped liver or what? Oh, and of course, that <laughs> goes without being said. <laughs> you are chopped liver. <laughs> no, I mean, good seeing you again. Thank you, Chris.
9: <laughs> He's taking the kids to Bush Gardens. Bush Gardens. On <laughs> uh, Tab 4, it's great to see um, the surrounding counties. Have sent so Cecil Dorchester, Kent um, Talbot, and Dorchester have all sent letters to um, Brian Maraz the Deputy Secretary of Maryland Department of Health about a youth crisis center. So it's just great to see some things moving along. Um, that is that is uh, I, I on Friday night, <clears throat> late night. I had an opportunity to go to a uh, feature film on uh, presented by volunteer firemen, actually they were paid fire staff, on issues of first responders, both police and f- paid and volunteer fire people, and the things that they see that they just bury and they don't talk about. And it was called P- PTSD 911. And it's just those things that tough people don't talk about, but um, the, the whole point of the movie is, to, is presented by first responders is to start, it's okay to talk to people if you've seen something, if you've seen Death and Mayhem on Route 50, you know, talk to your supervisor, talk, call me, call Scott, and um, it's okay to talk about it and, and seek counseling if you need to very good Jack.
8: and we do offer that here we do offer that
2: so I am going to, I guess try to put a, a bow around something we discussed at the last meeting at roundtable with the uh, CRNA which is the Chesapeake Regional uh, Chesapeake Recreational mm-hmm. Chesapeake National Recreation Area CNRA got it um, so on Friday uh, actually myself uh, Commissioner McLaughlin uh, County Administrator Mon. I think our uh, planning director, Amy Mordock. We had we got quite a few people from Queen Anne's County on a uh, conference Zoom with uh, Senator Van Hollen's office and, and Congressman uh, Sarbanes office to go over a PowerPoint which uh, I think Todd now has. He'll be sharing with the rest of you guys that we saw that um, was related to the bill that establishes the uh the cnra here on the chesapeake bay um there's a lot of great questions um there are there is some misinformation out there that uh we've all been privy to but we're used to that in the politics side that sometimes the things that come out of this room aren't necessarily uh pushed back out into the no no offense to beth but the public doesn't always hear what we say so um and there's some of that in there but there's also some concerns um from queen anne's county Uh, myself and and Commissioner McLaughlin, we we raised the point of obviously the traffic, um, you know, the the whatever additional law enforcement might be needed and things like that. But they're, they're, you know, the, and I spoke with the Senator Van Hollen last night directly um, and he's promised an open line of communication on both this with uh, concerns we may have with our watermen about it Um, and, you know, we we, we can reach out. Anything we have, we we need to reach out. Um, It's not passed yet and they're looking to, Um, take the input of the county elected officials because they're looking for that support to move it forward it's it does one of the things that I guess wasn't presented fully was that it is an opt-in or opt-out as a county you can either opt into having uh, the National Parks in your county or you could opt out as of uh, today (laughs) or or you know when 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 that time comes um, so th- that's good to know that it's basically it's developed as enabling legislation which you know for me the, and from the Mako side where we really push for having enabling legislation from the state and not forced down our throats I, I do like that concept of it um, so that we can get more input before we were to opt in or support it fully so um, like I said a lot of a lot of good things came out of it. And, and it and I think it's given Commissioner Moran an open door with the Senator to talk to him because the bridge is obviously that's our biggest sticking point. Um, you, you know, if you're going to talk about bringing 2 million more people over here, not only on the summer weekends, but throughout the year to visit these national parks, that's going to put quite the uh, burden on the bridge as it stands. And you know, my my concern that I relate to him is this is a one to three year planning process to get this off the ground before the first three parks in Anne Arundel would be opened up. But for us, we have a 15 year uh, timeline before we can get a solution permanent solution to the bridge. So he understands that that's 11 years that we have no solutions for with, with the additional traffic. We fought through the 301. We have fought through COVID. We've been, Now we're back. Uh, I have to say, I have to credit SHA. I don't know what happened last Friday. I don't know if the, the stars were aligned or, or the gods were looking down, but that's the first time in many years that I've gone across the Bay Bridge at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I actually drove across Bay Bridge and at 40 miles an hour and never had to stop until I just came down the back side of the bridge, had to slow down a little bit. So I, I don't know if the Contra flow, the switching back and forth. I'm sure Commissioner Moran can give us more updates on that. But it, it was but then tonight I sat in a four and a half mile back up. So I don't know. It's just it's Rain. hit or miss. But anyway, back to Baydale Drive. So, so so more to come on that CRNA as things developing. Like I said, if anybody out there our watermen, anybody wants to reach out for the waterman side, me or Phil or, or anybody really has any comments or questions about it. Um, let me know because I will make sure they get forwarded. Todd will make sure they get forwarded. And like I said, hopefully we may have the PowerPoint as a presentation here maybe at uh, one of the upcoming meetings so that's all I got
9: Just just to add to that they seem to push land 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 and when people brought up water 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 they didn't really have an explanation for that so it's it's a moving target
2: it's land-based, that's what they're calling it, land-based, yeah, yeah. but right. it's the Chesapeake Bay, it's kind mm-hmm. of hard. And it is the watershed too, and that's something that a lot of people were thinking is it just the shores. It is the entire watershed, which stretches from Carroll County to the far reaches down to DC, all the way up you know, the other side of Millington on the Chester Rivers and things like that. So it's, it's All the tributaries. It's, yeah. a it's a big area that's encompassed by this. I mean, it's- It's half the state. Yeah, pretty much,
9: pretty much. I mean, it goes to the C&O Canal. Sure. It goes up to the Potomac to West Virginia.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No,
9: it's big. Big. It's a, it's a grab.
0: Very good. Well, I'm going to, we're going to take this meeting off when it comes to traffic and the bridge. Yeah. So let's, let's see what another two weeks does. You know, we've done two weeks uh, with the, the ramps uh, in Anne Arundel County being closed to get back on the 50. Uh, not getting any hate mail from Anne Arundel County residents anymore about the bridge and, who gets priority over contraflow and all that other kind of happiness. So, uh, we're looking forward to seeing how their study works. Uh, we have set a meeting up with the state. you busy with Queen Anne's side now, so we'll see how that goes. But I want to, I want to congratulate our county administrator, Todd Mond for uh, being, uh, selected to serve on the transportation financing commission, which is big. I mean, what this commission's going to do is going to review every transportation dollar being spent in the state in determining who's going to get the next dollar and who isn't. So his job, he doesn't know it yet, but we're going to strap. <laughs> oh, yes, ex- I do. <laughs> he's going to wear an explosive device every meeting, and the minute they say we're taking money from the bridge, he's going to change our mind. So,
9: you know, uh, and he's going to cancel the red line. Yeah. Well, well that's right. Yep. Yeah.
11: That's or the push, push it that's out the far enough to get some money. Dude, yeah. Before
2: you get too far off it, so the thing with the Queen Anne's County side, I know you touched on it last time, but a lot of people still, I don't think, get the grasp of what they're doing in Anne Arundel and how that's not the same as what we can do. So in
0: Anne Arundel County, they're closing three ramps. Three ramps and 2.6, 2.7 miles, give or take. Cape St. Clair, if you get off of, of Route 50, after you pass Cape St. Clair, you got to go back to Cape St. Clair. And this is only from Thursday evening through Sunday evening that these ramps will be closed. So they've got three ramps and 2.6 miles, I would say. We have nine, a little over nine miles, and we have over 15 ramps on the westbound side. So it it is much more complicated in Queen Anne's County. For instance, I get everyone saying, well, let's close the Route 8 ramp. goes down to 50 west and merges to get onto the bridge. Well, I think that in Queen Anne's County... uh, we have a lot of people that use go to work on Saturdays, go to work on Sundays, and use that ramp. Uh, you know and, and I'd like to you know get a little more data on that. Also, you know we what I'd like to see happen is is town hall meetings, at least two of them uh, on Kent Island, uh, just to to brief the public of you know what the situation is now, what we're trying to do with the state, have the state you know uh, be a part of this uh, town hall, have MDTA be part of the town hall. And just explain to the public, give them the facts, give them the knowledge that they can understand and make a more educated comment than, you know, what we see on Facebook. Because what's on Facebook, it isn't always right, contrary to popular belief.
8: I so. have a question for you just for some clarity. Okay. So, so the ramps that are on the um, western shore that are being closed mm-hmm. Thursday through Sunday mm-hmm. that forces everybody who is heading east mm-hmm. to stay on 50. Correct um they're able to do that why because they're county roads
0: no because for the longest time everyone kept saying restrict the roads Queen Anne's County residents can use them nobody else can use them and same thing in Anne Arundel County that's not the fact if you take money from the federal government and you build infrastructure with it it's everybody has the right to use. everybody has the right to use it Correct. everybody also can be excluded from it and that's what they're doing it's a safety issue so they're not they're not giving one group or organization or uh, you know, uh, where you live, priority. It's the close to everybody. And so that's what would happen. So local access? I mean, me?
2: so it's local access, though. So, like, say you lived on the Whitehall side. You right? can get, you can you get, get to back, Whitehall. You loop up around and come back in this way because you, you can't get off.
0: If you lived on Whitehall Drive, right. close to the bridge, right. Right. when you got up and you said, I want to go to Queen Anne's County, you got to go all the way out to Cape St. Clair, get on At, 50, and, get in line. and go. And get
2: but, in line. but say, I'm just saying, say you live down there. Right, you would have to do the same thing, right? Yes. If you lived down there and you wanted to go eastbound, you would still have to go that whole big loop around, there, correct? If you no, the there's, of- there's,
0: there's, you got, you've got uh, two way on both sides, the north side and, and the south side of 50. There's two way traffic. So if you're saying you live down there, you know, close to um, north of Grumman, say you live down there, yeah, yeah, yeah. or work, so, so, uh, or work there, yeah. Or, well, if you work there, you've Thursday got night, you better leave before six. Because you're going to have to go all right, way or you're going to have to go out to Cape Saint, right. uh, okay. Cape Saint Clair. That's Road. what I was saying. You have or to, or on, f- yeah, on Friday they have to go back. That's true. Okay. But if you notice in the last couple of weeks, with the exception of today's rain, you know uh, the weather's been good and the traffic never stopped. I've I've been, in, that's been good. I've stopped at five miles, and then once it started again, I never slowed down below 25. Got all the way up to 45, and within 10 minutes got across the bridge. So, you know, I I think that that's personally I think it's working. I know there's a lot of Queen Anne's County citizens because MDTA told me that the, all the hate mail is coming from Queen Anne's <laughs> County citizens because they knew the shortcuts. Today, I took a shortcut, and I went around that backup while it was raining and came right out at the bridge and, uh-huh. you know, that's but, because, hey, uh, I'm following the law. That's because today's Tuesday, to and you can. Do it. That's right. Do it. So you can do it. So that's what I mean. There's going to be a lot of you, – you, for instance, you know, we can control 50% of that nine and a half miles by just closing Nesbitt. Leaving it open to emergency services only, which we can do that, and closing Winchester, is it Winchester Creek, the bridge, the overpass by 7 Eleven? What's that road called? Chester, uh,
8: VFW? VFW?
2: Chester River Beach Road. Chester, Chester River Beach Road.
0: Closing that bridge so everyone has to get onto 50. By, if, by closing just those two, you're open from 50, where, where 18 comes at 50, all the way down to the Kenton Arrows. The Kenton Arrows, which will be interesting they will they will fight this probably tooth and nail don't close these exits so we're going to have to figure out you know because the major congestion is from route 8 at, at the Bay Bridge all the way back to to Casa Marina Dominion Road Kent Narrows that's where the major problem is and that's where you know it's going to be the most difficult to come up with some sort of solution to keep them keep traffic out um, on 50.
2: But at the Narrows you still can you can still apply the same concept right you're getting off you're getting off, you're going down, you can get to the businesses, right? Yeah. But you can't keep going up past Pine and Arrows and then get back on well, 50. There okay. to bypass it, you'd have to go over and get back around. What
0: happens when Carmines, Safeway, uh, the Adam's Ribs all complain hey, you, it's Sunday, we can't get any customers here because you got the roads closed
2: but you can still come across. It's just when you go to get back on, you're gonna have to go up to Nazbit where you're saying you're gonna be able to get on and come back around, do exactly what they're doing at Sandy Point, you're looping around.
0: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Now you're putting them back on 18 on the other side. No, there's only one. Well, 18 goes from one side and crosses over to the other side. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying there's there's a lot there's a lot to it, uh, and it just. But, I
2: mean, I think our original plan. I thought the one we had. Our
0: original plan. Our original plan was everybody have a decal. So when you came up, you see the decal, you can go. You can stay on 50. Well, that's the original, we original. We can't talking, do
2: that. I'm talking about closing the ramps off. Was that you keep everybody so they can't. They got to stay eastbound basically. And if you get off, you can't circumvent it. i me westbound. Circum- mean. westbound. westbound. Mean westbound yeah. I'm sorry. You can't circumvent it. Right by going down and then hopping up at two exits up, or going the back roads and then hopping right. out wherever you can. Right, so. generally, generally, we can't, so
9: can't do the decal because of federal funding. Correct, yeah. state yeah. and or federal funding. Even I forget fifty-three hundred one as a
2: federal. Well, road. well,
0: remember these are state roads. If it's a county right. roads. But well, what's that have to do with the federal government? Well, because the federal government gives them money just like we get highway user revenue money.
9: Plus, it's so, Interstate three hundred one. It's a federal. We get federal federal gas right. Yeah. So. So they're, they're, the feds are the ones saying we can't do it.
0: Well, that's the Attorney General's no opinion. Defense. Said yes. You can, you can close it off to everybody ridge. for a safety issue, or you can't, or it stays open. And it's your only two options. So, anyway, so that's some of the things we're going to start we'll to experiment to with offenses. and work with and yeah. see what we can come up with.
5: Motion? i make a motion to adjourn. Second. You, All in favor? You want to go uh. to Manchester Creek Road?